Rika Technologies and GodAndAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is uh, Incubate This and The Rika Show in podcast partnership. We're talking today about a topic um, that is very, very prevalent. Um, I think it's prevalent in a lot of areas, but especially in technology right now, we're hearing about this all the time. And, you know, we've written some articles, we've been um, interviewed by publications around town about this a little bit, but I kind of wanted us to talk about it. And um, I'm going to, what we're talking about is women in technology. And I'm going to read some, I'm going to, I'm going to go through some statistics that I found because I want to sort of set the stage for what are we really talking about in terms of the participation level of women in general in business versus in technology, um, women who are going through college, uh, and studying, you know, specifically technology. I mean, there, there's all this STEM and STEAM, which, you know, now we have to take technology and math and add art into it because artists feel like they're being left on, The reason I wanted to talk about this is I actually am interested in a candid view from a company that does everything that I think people are looking for in this area. We're we're a female-led, I'm the CEO of the company, obviously I'm a woman, in case you weren't sure, Um, I identify as a woman, woman. (laughs) Um, you know, so, (laughs) uh, and you know, we have a, we have experience enough in the world of startups to be able to speak to female versus male in that world. Um, and I'm just really curious because there's a lot of rhetoric around this topic. A lot of it seems to be somewhat politically motivated, which instantly makes me want to be on the offensive about it. Um, or the defensive, I don't know which would be the right thing in that, in that case. Um, but I'm really interested in a real male viewpoint and my own viewpoint. You know, it's like sometimes I'm I'm not sure, am I playing the game because I know that I should and because I know that women who aspire to what I have built in my life want that from me? Or am I doing it because it's what I really think and it's how I really feel? And I'm actually really interested in digging into this. So fair warning, this could get a little bit controversial. Um, but I, I, th- I think it's reasonable to have honest conversations about things that are out in the world so that we can take a stance. You know, we can say this is how we feel about this and this is our viewpoint for, re- for better or worse, for right or wrong. I think that can be useful. So for richer, for poor, for richer, for poorer, till death to us part. part. That's exactly right. Um, (laughs) That's what's so funny. So (laughs) I'm totally going to digress for like two and a half seconds. Uh, I am engaged. The only reason I'm engaged, it's not because I actually care about getting married. It's not something I've ever aspired to, but my fiance loves me very much, wants me for the rest of his life. I want him for the rest of my life. And he was really sick of everybody asking him. And he was really sick of guys hitting on me because I wasn't wearing the ring. So he bought the ring. He proposed. He said, if you don't want to get married, that's great. If you do, I will. It's totally up to you, whatever you want, which is like so incredibly generous. He's such a wonderful man. 
but no, why won't a man do that for me? I know. Why won't a man do that for you? <laughs> um, so the other day somebody was asking me, Oh, when are you guys getting married? And I was like, I am more married to my business partners than I will ever be married to David because I actually have <laughs> contracts signed with them. <laughs> so in case you're wondering, that's the deal. Um, all right. So I'm gonna start with a few statistics about women in the workforce, women in technology, and then some like college you know, study area stats. So in 2018, the percentage of women who held professional occupations in general in the United States is 57%. So 57% of professional occupations in the United States held by women in 2018 was 57%. So they were a little bit more than half of the workforce. Professional occupations in computing held by women in 2008 26%, less than half, 31% less. The the percentage of Fortune 500 CIO positions held by women in 2018 in the United States, 20%. Now I want to get into a little bit about education. So, so, So we can see that in the workforce, in the professional workforce, women are more than 50%. In computing about 25%, so less than half. And in the CIO, specifically the CIO position in Fortune 500 companies, only 20%, so even less than generally in tech. So there were some statistics that were published about AP test takers. This, this data is also from 2018. So the, the number of AP test takers in general who were, who were female in 2018 So again, a little bit more than half. That jives with the general workforce. The number of AP calculus test takers who were female in 2018, 47%. That's actually quite a bit higher. The number of AP uh, computer science test takers who were female, 28%. Mm. So first thing that I notice about that, and there's one more set of... of, uh, information I think is interesting. But one thing that I want to point out about that is the number of women in computing op, uh, occupations and the number of women taking AP computer science tests is about the same. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. So now let's go back to 2017. The number of, the number of graduates of bachelor degree programs across the United States who were women, 57%. The number of computer science and information and information science, so computer science bachelor's degrees, who were women, only 19%. Here's the really interesting piece of the statistic. The computer science, the, the, in 1985, the percentage of women who were graduating with computer science degree, bachelor degrees, 37%. Mm. So in... 30 some years, almost 35 years, it has cut in half. The reason that I find it interesting that the number of computer science test takers and the, the percentage of women in the computing workforce, they're about the same. What that tells me is to the level that we're getting young women engaged in computer science, information science, you know, technology early, they are employed and employable, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that says to me. So to say that there is a skew of there's all these women who are trained in computer science who aren't working. I think that's not accurate. Because I've heard that like, oh, women can't get jobs. Women can't. And I just. I'm sorry, that's not my experience. You know, my experience is that I started when I was 15. I started working for someone else the first time when I was 19. I, I have never felt like there was a glass ceiling for me. Um, so I struggle with when people are like, oh, there's this glass ceiling and women can't. Ha, ha, ha. Now, this statistic that only 20% of Fortune 500 CIOs are women makes me think maybe there is something there. My perspective on that as a woman, I'll just speak first. That way I can kind of like open it up so you guys can jump in. My perspective on that as a woman is my experience having been in hiring positions of, you know, hiring. I I was in the position of hiring other people for work, for open positions that I had. Women were far less likely to submit their resumes. The women that did submit their resumes were far less likely to talk up their accomplishments than men. And women are far less likely to see their accomplishments as something that they are responsible for. They mostly think they attribute it to their teams and they attribute it to external factors much more than saying, I had a part in that too. So if you're a a CEO who's in charge of hiring a CIO or any C-level in a company, and you're looking for someone who's going to get out there and do the work and present a face, which one are you going to go with? Are you going to go with the person who downplays themselves? How how I see that, how I always saw that was, well, you're going to downplay the importance of your role on the team. You're going to downplay the company when when viewed publicly, which in a C-suite role, you are absolutely a public figure. So I'm going to go with the person who presents themselves the best because I know I can train for the rest. So I don't know. What do you guys think? What are what are your what are your first thoughts about this? Because I don't want to I don't want this to just be Cynthia ranting about women aren't doing it for themselves. <laughs> well, it, I, I think you you highlighted that there's that nobody knows what's there's there's a lot of confusion here. Why aren't more women? You know, they they seem to be a lot of them, probably less than men, are going into college to to get educated about this, but then. They're changing at some point. Mm. Why is that? Is it something they're not? I mean, that's specifically, they're not. They're, they're educating themselves and they're going out and getting jobs at the same rate that they're educating themselves. So nothing changes in that process. Yeah. But in tech, are they going out and getting jobs in tech? We we just said the same, I misunderstood the same percentage of people who were studying it. I want to get education in computer science are the same percentage of women that are in compute in computer fields. Okay. So that means that they're not getting shut down there. Um, in my experience, their priorities are different than men mm. when they're in the workplace and that men are more focused on advancement mm. in the corporate world. And I attribute that just to cultural norms, um, you know, and I could be completely wrong. These are just all my opinions, but, yeah. um, my experience with males and females in the workplace is that the men were m- much more 
assertive, aggressive, trying to get ahead in general. Yeah. That, that not that not everyone. There were there were women that were very focused on, but yeah, like me. In general, many of the women had other had family priorities, and I don't want to be like, oh, you know, no, she's no, a no. woman, she's got yep, kids, she's yep. got this, so we can't do that. It was just that her individual focus was was different. Was, I want to do my job really well, and I want to be a great team player, and then I want to go home and do my job really well and be a great mom with, with my family. Yeah, and the men didn't. Most of the men did not have that balance. Yeah, they're they're you know they were eighty five percent. Work advancement, work performance, be a star, you know, show off my, you know, my chops. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting point that you make. And this is one that um, I absolutely agree with what you just said. And I get, I get a lot of flack from other women about it. There, there's this movement that women think, I don't know if this came from women. I don't know if this is like an overreaction to the 50s housewife. Like, I don't know. But for some reason, women feel the burden to be extraordinary at everything. So it's not, we don't get to make a choice. So I want to be very, very clear about this. I made a choice very early on. I didn't want children. I do have two stepchildren. They are not with us throughout the school year on a regular basis there, you know, we make time to visit them and they come to visit us. So it's not a full-time job that I choose between, you know, David's kids and my job. I made a choice early, early on that what I wanted to do with my life was work, was build companies, was do this. And I have done it with that I'm going to, I'm going to call it masculine because obviously some women have it. Some men have it. There's that masculine energy of hyper-focus and do that to almost at the expense of just about everything else. And for some reason, most women feel that they either can't make that choice or they don't want to. So now they have to become a hundred percent in everything. Mm. But you don't have 100% to give here and 100% to give here and 100% to give there. You do have to make choices and you do have to prioritize how you spend your time. So you get a lot of flack for, for that Oh stance? my gosh. Every time I say this in a, in a group of women who are not, uh, let me say it this way. I, I sit, I, I'm in groups of women who are business owners like I am and they struggle with this as well. Uh, most of them have children. Um, and they love their children and they, they, they do try and prioritize their children as much as they possibly can. But they get that having a successful business means you do actually have to choose sometimes. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, they ask their husbands to make the choice for the children so that they can focus on their businesses. And those women totally get it because they're making the choice. Women in general, this like group thinking you know, follow the herd, say the buzz line that makes us feel like we're going to be empowered as women, that group, when you speak to try and speak to them, I'm, I'm, you're not a woman. You don't stand for women. You don't care about female advancement. Like they don't, they don't get it. And it's very, very frustrating because I am someone who is always looking for we have offered discounts to get more women into our startup program. 
I'm always looking for women who have the spark, who have the thing, because I do have power. I have been there. I do know people who can help encourage and build up and support and advance those women. I look for that. I don't think it's everyone. The same way I don't think it's every man has that ability. Men just are willing to stand up for themselves. That's what I was going to say that came to me while you were talking was, you know, and I'm just, I'm going from my own experience in corporate organizations for 30 years. And um, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of debate that goes on in technical jobs. There's lots of meetings, planning meetings and debate of how to solve a problem or to move forward with a project. And first of all, uh, generally there's one or two women in the room and there's six men. Yeah. So first of all, they're outnumbered and generally they won't row, you know, bang their fists on the table and they won't raise their voices right. and they won't say you're full of shit. Yeah. But the men will, yeah. the men will know we can't do it. Then they will, they will, you know, like they're fighting for their lives Yeah, and women have, will, will push for a direction. But if they're getting, if they're, if they're getting, you know, beat up on or tag teamed or, or you know, the majority is against them, then the, look, yeah. fine. And you know, I we'll think, just do the team thing. I think what that points to, it's, it's the same kind of thing of unity like, and trying to, they, unity. Women are definitely better at like, this is why women are better in management positions. If you look at CEO, women CEO led companies, they generally tend to hit their sales targets and blow past their sales targets way more. They generally have higher levels of um, customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction, employee engagement, because we are better at that. That's why we're so great at making the family a family. That's why we focus on it because we're really good at it. And maybe that's what that is in, in those team environments is I want to make this a successful family. I agree with you, but I think there's another piece that you kind of pointed out. And so I want to talk about it a little bit, which is, and this is something where I do agree with the herd. When a woman does the get upset, get loud, you know, get heated, get passionate thing, we're viewed a different way. Mm-hmm. When a man does that, he's passionate. And oh my gosh, he cares so much. When a woman does that, she's hormonal. She's yeah. and that goes to those cultural stereotypes. Yes. And I wonder how much the stereo how how much did the stereotype come from reality and how much does the stereotype give us yes. reality? Yeah. And by the way, disclaimer, I identify as a troll today, so just today. Just today. Um yeah, it's it, it, so I the problem with this whole conversation, I think, not not the one we're having, but just the larger conversation is there are there are pieces of it that are that are definitely a struggle for women to overcome. You know, I have struggled with that. I I'm a very passionate person. You guys know you've worked with me a very long time. There are times where I get passionate about things. There are times where, yeah, where I get, I get pissed about stuff. I remember certain projects. Yeah. You were I, right. I was totally in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the problem is, and, and I, I generally, you know, early in my career, it was not this way, but generally now I'm, I'm pretty adult about it. I can, I could recognize when I've stepped over a line, not always right away in the moment, but I can usually come back and apologize and say, here's what I, here's what I was trying to communicate. And you know, I'm sorry that I can, that I, I did it in a way that wasn't effective or I made people feel bad or whatever it was. Like, I'm pretty good about that. There are still things that are like blind spots for me. I recognize that. 
but so, so there, there, there are so many pieces of this conversation that are getting collapsed in on each other. You know, women are always seen as hormonal if they get passionate, but women also aren't as aggressive and as, as intentional and as, as like motivated to move forward as men are, you know? So those two things are both true, but we, they get collapsed into this thing and it becomes this like general women are being held down and women are being, you know, and I, I, I I think they've got a narrower path to navigate. Men have a lot more room to screw up in that path because there, there is a particular stereotype and women are aware of that particular stereotype that if I'm too aggressive, too assertive, this I'm viewed as that. Yeah. Um, so I think they're navigating a finer path to, to make it. Yeah. Whereas a man can, you know, he can come off like a, a total jackass in the meeting and that'll, they'll let that go after, after a few hours. Yeah. No big deal. But, oh God, did you see how Cynthia acted in that meeting? I know. What a bitch. Yeah. And that'll go on for a while. Yeah. And, and so So you're right. So you've, you've already got a narrower trail to stay on or you'll fall off the trail much more easily than a man will. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. I think there's, there's the cultural stereotype or or I'm calling it cultural norms just because it's what, it's what we're used to, where it came from, where I'm not even going to try and guess, but, um, we do have a harder path to walk for a while. How that path gets easier is more women walking the path, taking the, making the choices that we have to make and getting into positions of power in these companies in tech, in technology, where more women who don't have that level of like aggressiveness and like, you know, go after it, will follow in our footsteps and we can help them because we understand it better. Now, this makes me think though, that It, it shows just what we're talking about is that there is so much more to this business than being good at the technical stuff. Yes. Because there's, you know, we think about Grace Hopper, some yeah. of the first programmers. Yeah. Some were women. And so yeah. there's no, there's nothing that says a woman, a woman's not geeky like I am. The not first computers were people and they were overwhelmingly women. Women. Yeah. That's what you called a computer was a person who computed things and they were women. Yeah. And yeah. when you, but uh, you know, most of our conversations about that interaction, that the social pecking orders in the workplace. Why is that even relevant, really? Yeah. Because if you're a great craftsperson at what you do, yeah, that's what I want you for. That's what the team should want you for. That's what the group should want you for. Does this point to um, women who are into tech might want to look at being freelancers more? Mm. You know, they, that that it would just suit their so they don't have to worry about the crap that's going to go along with it hmm. where they could just, I just want to focus on the work. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I, I'd like to see the, I think, and that's what we're kind of talking about underlying what we're talking about is that we'd like for the norms to change in that people are gender blind yeah. in terms of this particular industry. Yeah. Yeah. Could it be, I mean, you think of all the stereotypes of the nerd, right? The mm-hmm. Nick Beard. The, the South Park guy, the sloth, you know, <laughs> ranging all the way, huh? the, 
Yeah. Ranging all the way to the programmer. You know, these are not pleasant stereotypes, but they're also not inaccurate. Right. Right. And is there an element of that? There are a lot of women out there that get into this field and go, I I just don't want to work with these people. And I can't say I blame them because I, a lot of them, I don't want to work with either, especially the programmers. Yeah. Are they worried about being stereotyped as a nerd? And that's not feminine. It puts you off in the, you know, in a different world kind of. Maybe, but I feel like that, that stigma is going away. I've always worn the badge of geek or nerd, like a badge of honor. Yeah, like, but I'm, I'm wondering how. Uh, but I don't know. It's a, it's a good point. It's a, a very good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. It, it's. Because I don't want to be seen as a nerd because I don't want to hang out with those programmer guys. And I yeah. don't want to. And it's, but like you said, neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, I think about the technology world too. You know, the things we complain about where, oh, every week it's, there's a new way to do something in a new package that you're supposed to use and some new library you're supposed to use. And let's catch on with lamp and mamp and zamp and jamstack and you know all i almost see that as a male thing mm. Ooh, look i came up with something better than you yeah it is i came up with the best thing now yeah and i i, I guess it i just is. don't see women going look at me no you don't you really don't um you and i feel like it's so it's men's fault that this industry is going off in a million directions most of which are dead ends mm. and they're so into it. So <laughs> I, I know that my, I know my experience of women that I've worked with in technology has been it, almost exactly what you just said. They don't self promote. They don't view themselves as having, uh, having made accomplishments. You know, they're not, they're not trying to dogpile to get to the top of the, of the pile, right? They're not trying to climb ladders really. I mean, very, very few women in tech have I ever seen have the same kind of attitude as me, which is why for a long time I felt like I'm just like, what is wrong with me? Right. What has been, I mean, we've, you've both worked with women who are not me in technology, right? You're the the only one. First one ever. What has been your experience and uh, like positive and negative, both from a technical side, but also from like coexisting with the, with women and working with them in the workplace. Like what's been your experience? I've, I've, I can only honestly think of one negative experience. Really? In in, in the entire, you know, I mean, I've worked with some amazing, I mean, two of the best programmers I know, you're one of them, right? I'm working with you. The other one, um, you know, she's, she's somewhat well-known Bethany McKinney Blount. Sorry, B if I just munched your last name, but She's fairly well known, you know, and she's really good. Yeah. So, um, I've always wondered that I've always wondered why aren't there more women, but at the same time, I haven't, I I guess I've been fortunate. I've worked in companies with other guys who on the whole, aren't the programmers and aren't the, you know, they're not, at least they're not treating women in a way that I didn't see them treating women in a way that they shouldn't be, you yeah. know, the sexism and, and the, you know, the sexual assault and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, thankfully I've, I, I think I've gotten lucky there, yeah. but, but otherwise I've always been curious why there weren't more, more women because the ones that I worked with were so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. almost that, all that, of it. That's a process or, sort of sounds like a sort of, of a natural selection. The ones who were good because they were driven about it they did the things necessary 
to stay in the business and to move to a point where you got to know them, yeah, where, wh- where you were working with them and the ones who weren't had fallen by the wayside already. In yeah. other words, the, re- you know, it's, it's the it's, black swan concept. The reason it's there is because it's because of a lots and lots of reasons. Yeah. yeah. It's almost, I think what you're saying is if you're someone who's okay at programming, it's not worth tolerating everything not, else to get to a point where you're, if you're not, if you're not, yeah, and you're exactly. not going to do those other things, exactly. then you might just get, nah, I'm losing interest in this. Yeah. I have a, a, a really interesting thing that came, came to me. Um, it was about five years ago and the product owner in a, in a, in a planning meeting said, I want to change this interface. And suddenly these four or five other guys in the room are discussing what we could do, how we could do it, how we could make this work. And there was a woman on the team who did all of the, the CSS and layout of things. And it wasn't, you know, I will point out that that doesn't just mean how it looks. Mm -hmm. CSS affects functionality quite a bit when you talk about things being hidden and sliding out and showing that's all controlled by CSS now, not JavaScript. Um, And she was sitting there and I, I'm listening to these guys debate about, well, we should do this and we could make it do that. And, And I just stopped them and I said, excuse me, Megan's here and Megan has many more years of experience doing this than any of you do. Yeah. Why are you deciding how we should do this. And she just wasn't getting involved in the conversation, but it was, Mm. she just saw that these guys were, she didn't have a chance to even enter the conversation without being shut down. So I stopped them and I was mad about it. I'm like, who the heck do you think? Yeah. She knows way more about this than you do. Yeah. Why aren't you just shut up and say, Megan, what do you think we should do here? Yeah. Why aren't you looking at the expert in the room? And I felt kind of weird about it. And afterwards I felt, you know, like maybe she didn't want me to do that because Mm. it brings attention. But she came to me and thanked me. She said, mm-hmm. God, those idiots, you know, <laughs> they just automatically assume they need to solve this problem when right. there's a specialist sitting there at the table, but they didn't even look to her and say, what do you think, Megan? Yeah. And she was the one who did all that kind of stuff. And they're just kind of just like, I don't like your work already anyways. <laughs> <laughs> You're deciding how this is going to just, you know. Hand that to the person who does that, yeah. who can do that really well. And I, I guess it just, it really bothered me that these guys took that over when I could, you know, I was looking up at the screen at what he wanted to do. And I'm thinking that was my first thing was like, what do you think, Megan? Yeah. And they're going off on yeah. how they want to do it. It just made me really mad about it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's actually two sides to this and I, I'm, I don't know how I feel yet. I, I, I definitely, from the beginning, I've, I've, I've always said, if you're a woman and you want to succeed and you want to grow and you want to advance yourself in technology, in the technology field, you have to go after it. Mm-hmm. You have to draw some of that masculine energy from your, from your coworkers or your husband or your boyfriend or your father, or whoever it takes, learn from them about how they brag on themselves and how they talk about their accomplishments in a way that that shows that they understand that they have something to offer. You have to have that piece. You're never going to be successful in a male dominated industry. We're never going to change this dynamic if you can't figure out how to harness that and use it to your advantage. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm looking at you. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing wrong with bragging on yourself, talking about your accomplishments. Asking for a raise. Asking for a raise, being 
the full, competent, amazing woman that you are. The second piece is men have to start becoming more aware. Yes. Like men have to, and and it's interesting because there, there's also a skew in probably in the male mind of, oh, I relate to a man. So when I defer to a man as an expert, if it was a male expert in these things that you were talking about a, a few minutes ago, Grant, probably all the men in the room would have looked directly to him right away and I said, what do you much, think? Because they wouldn't want the extra work. Right. Hey, there's somebody who'll do this. We that probably can handle this whole new change for us. So I wonder I if right. I wonder if that that male perspective of is is it that men don't generally tend to automatically defer to a woman because they feel it makes them weak or I think it's actually a different thing because I see this with yeah. David all the time he absolutely respects and loves and elevates me and he will tell anyone who listens how capable I am but he's always trying to fix things for me I was just going to say men, the whole men are from Mars yes. Men are fixers. So, oh, we need to make a change. Boom. They're launching right into, well, we can do this. We, they action, 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 yes. do, do, do. Yes. And maybe a woman's, a woman's mental perspective is more, let me get to, let me think about this a little. Let me get to know this problem. Yeah. Let me get in with this a little bit before I know what's the best thing to, before I think I know what's the best thing to do. And they're just, we just want to do something. Exactly. And. Do they, because of whatever subconscious or subliminal or cultural or whatever thing, are they, you know, that, that sense that there's a woman here, I need to fix this so that she doesn't have to like protecting and, and Mm. guarding and uh, because men do that all the time and it's not a conscious thing. It's not, they're not doing it. I feel like I've been in so many of these rooms where I look around at men who respect me and they've put me in positions of power and they're still trying to protect me from stuff. And it takes me saying, I get you're trying to fix it for me. I get that you're trying to protect me from this thing that you think is horrible. It's not a bear. We're not a thousand years ago in caves. Trust me. But it takes bringing that level of awareness because our instinctual masculine roles, feminine roles kick in on an unconscious level. So I think the other thing that I would say to women, because women are much more aware of this problem than men are, and that's how it should be. If we want to, if we want to make a change, we have to be the one to make the change, Mm. right? Be the change you want to see in the world. So here's what I would say. I know that if either of these guys, my fiance, any of the men who back us, whether it's financially or from an advisory role, anytime one of them is doing something unconsciously where they're trying to protect me from something that is my responsibility to handle, I call it out. And all of them get that. So as they just a, have to be reminded, they just right? have to be reminded. And they're like, oh, yep, you're right. You're right. I, I'm doing that thing. Again. I'm, you're right. I, OK, how can I support you? We have to be the ones to start training men. I don't need protection. I don't need you to fix me. If I do, I will let you know. And I know that you will be fantastic at it. But we have to be the ones to bring that consciousness and I don't think that bringing it from a point of trying to tr- like 
it's time for men to be the oppressed ones and we're going to be the oppressor. That is not what I'm interested in. If that is what you're interested in, you and I are not on the same wavelength. I'm just letting you know. What I'm interested in is bringing awareness to both sides, helping men become aware when they're doing things inadvertently, because I don't think it's overt in most cases, when they're inadvertently doing things that hold, hold me back or, or stop me from accomplishing the things that I want and need to accomplish, bringing awareness to that. Because I believe that a, a lot of men in this field are like Grant and Daryl. They would love to see more women get involved. And they, we like the different energy that happens when there's men and women in the conversation and the, you know, it's just, it's more interesting. It's more fun. There's, you know, it's nice to be able to argue and fight passionately with a woman and not have it be like, have life consequences exactly. in, in, your, in your personal world. Exactly. Be like, no, you're out of your friggin' mind. That's not going to work. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll be honest, I've always been afraid to get, to that level if I'm with a woman technician, but with a guy, no, I'll say you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. You're full of shit. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm afraid to say that to, or, you know, yeah. I would have to really know that person. Right. Where I know that I, that's right. safe area. And that's, that also is something to speak of is that we sometimes don't know what's safe in the, in a work environment, in a professional environment for how we, you know, because with a guy, we will swear. We yeah. will. And, yeah. but like, I don't know if I, you know, there, so there is some of that of like, I don't know where the boundaries are. Yeah. So I don't want to go too far off the center. And that's exactly what I'm saying is as women wanting to see a change, you can come in and say, we have you to can come swear in at me. If exactly. You disagree with me exactly. You I'm crazy. Tell me exactly. You walk into the room and you say, I am one of you. I want to be treated like one of you. I want to be part of the team. And if something happens that makes me uncomfortable, I will be responsible as, a, as an adult to come to you and talk about it. And if we can't work it out, then I will go talk to my boss. But everything isn't a, isn't, isn't a, a, a lawsuit or harassment suit waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. It can't be that way. We have to recognize that there is something that we are, there is that narrow path that we walk. And in order to make it wider, we're going to have, we're going to have to fall. We're going to fall. You're going to fall down. People are going to make mistakes. You are, men are, it's going to happen. It can't be that a man making a mistake throws everybody into a tailspin. So otherwise they're never going to embrace women being there. It's not just good when you're, when you're, when you're seeking to make it more of an equal gender footing or, you know, any quantitatively, there's not just good that has to be faced like, oh, this is great. There's some bad that's going to have to Absolutely. be endured in that because that's yes. part of it. You know, Daryl doesn't mind when I, when I swear at him and when I say you're crazy. And so you've got to be okay with that too and be like, hey, if I'm, if I'm one of you, then I also have to take that in, in the context that it's in. Right. That you're not personally insulting me and, and calling me something because right. I'm a woman or anything like that. It's because you don't like my idea. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know what? It's interesting because a lot of, I think, I think a lot of the problem is women are, are trying to embrace their femininity and they're trying to relate to themselves as women and being in a world full of men, we think we have to shut that down. That's not what we're saying. We're saying embrace what is to learn how you can start to impact it. Right. Get in the scrum. Yeah. You just got to get in the there. And 
It's I, not always going to be pretty, but that's the only way that change happens. It makes it's me wonder, because like right now I'm thinking of women that I've met who were truck drivers. Yeah. And, or who were heavy equipment operators yeah. or construction equipment yeah. operators. And, you know, they've, they've sort of gotten there where it's like, I stand on my own two feet, baby, and I can hold my own with any of those guys. That's right. And it makes me wonder, you know, what are their personnel? What are the traits that they're having that were, that didn't intimidate, it was more of a challenge. It yeah. was more of like, ha, 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 Yeah. And those, I would imagine on the whole, those guys respected those women. Way more. Very much. Way more. Um, and yeah. yes, there are some dicks in, in, uh, of those men. <laughs> it's just who the truth. harass her and, you know. It's just the truth. And it, you know what? It's wrong. It is wrong. And you deal with it on a case by case basis. That is you know? unfortunately one of the dynamics of men and women is there are men who view women only in a particular way. And will objectify that. Mm -hmm. And it's just up to you as a woman, whether you even acknowledge it and let it into your life. It's like, for me, when that shit happens, I'm like, you just. That person loses relevance in your life. It's completely irrelevant. And my focusing on it or giving you attention or giving it any credence at all only makes you think that it only gives away power. Mm -hmm. I'm just not willing. And, and, and I am, I, I, I firmly believe if you are a woman who wants, who wants to advance, who wants to be in this field, you have to be willing to go where you're accepted to go find guys like Grant and Daryl and the men that I've worked for and the men that I've worked with and the men who have worked for me, they are out there, go find them, create the safe space for yourself by finding people like that. All right. We've talked a long time about this. This is, it, it's a very, it's a very hot topic. It's a very controversial topic. I took it on with the guys today because we have been approached a lot about it. Sometimes I find myself saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to this event or I'm, I'm speaking, you know, about this topic and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it. There are times when it's to my advantage for our company to go with the flow and recognize that there's a problem here. I just always want to be honest and forthright about my opinions about it because I don't think it's a completely one-sided thing. And I never want someone who hears me speak or who talks to me or who sees me in a position of power as a female in technology. I never want them to think that there's that I think there's only one side to it or that I think that I did this at the expense of any man that I've ever worked for or worked with or who's worked for me. So that's why that's why I think that this was important to talk about and kind of get it out there. And and we are interested in what you think. Post comments, send us emails. Yeah, we definitely want to hear what other people think. Yeah, because nobody really seems to have the answer. No. And, and most of what you time. see out in the general public is this herd groupthink stuff, which is men are bad. Women are oppressed. And I'm sorry, it's just way more complicated than that. And way more much, nuanced than that. I was just going to say it's a much more nuanced situation than the media is. You know, they're they're playing to the extremes. But yeah, I think the reality is infinitely more nuanced. Yeah. Thank you for coming along on this journey with us. This has been uh, Grant Parks, Daryl Brogdon, and Cynthia Delaria for Incubate This and podcast podcast partnership with The Rika Show. And uh, go ye forth and be angry. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Oh, women. <laughs>
This episode of Incubate This was brought to you by GodAndAppIdea.com in partnership with Rika Technologies and The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology or at godandappidea.com for more tips, tricks, strategies, and advice.